I know that I've been speaking a lot lately, especially in the last couple days, about the underground military bases and underground civilizations and what have you, but I feel it's absolutely necessary because I want you guys to mentally prepare yourselves for what's going to be discussed here simply because of the fact that everything that I've been discussing as it pertains to DUMS, Deep Underground Military Bases, essentially comes full circle here. And then further than that, but let's focus on this. So before I start, I just want to give a quick shout out to Michael Ferraro and Matthew Pierce. They're big fans of the show, and I just wanted to uh, thank you guys so much for being so committed and watching and just hearing what uh, what I have to say and uh, helping to grow the community. So thank you so much. Now, why do I call this episode the Phantom Phenomenon? Why is that in the title? The reason why it's in the title is because of the fact that there's really nothing else that could explain what's occurring here other than the fact that the evidence is in a certain sense right in front of us. Now, one of the things that NASA's satellite does and the ISS live feed does is that it cuts out at very ironic and coincidental times. And you might say, okay, Dave, what does that have to do with the underground military bases or uh, radio frequencies or, or number stations or what have you? What it has to do with all of that is the fact that there are certain frequencies that are so powerful, it almost creates a sort of glitch within the stream. Now, if you notice during certain ISS live streams, you'll notice that certain glitches occur. Now, one can argue that that's up for debate as to what's causing that, because we can say, well, it's in space. So clearly there's going to be a connection issue with ba uh, back on Earth. Listen, they have the tech to not allow any of that to happen. Don't get me wrong. Technology makes mistakes, glitches occur, but not at the rate in which the ISS live feed is occurring. I mean, guys, it's 2020. Let's be real with ourselves here. We know what they have secretly. And for them to say that there are still glitches occurring within the NASA live feed, it's either, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, it's either one of two things. It's either the fact that they make it glitch and cut out on purpose, or they don't purposefully update the technology of their live feed camera in order to justify shutting down the feed and certain things until the overarching plan of the timeline of the, the this sort of space frontier comes into play slowly but surely. Now, let's jump right into it. So if we take a look, what we're going to find is that the deep underground military base maps, which are, are very public, very out there, may in fact indeed be outdated. But one thing I want to note as well, too, is that I'm sure you guys have seen all across the Internet and maybe you've even heard in newspapers and read in, in, in different places even long ago that mysterious radio signals from outer space are coming in all the time. And so what we have to say here is this. When people say, well, let's address the Fermi paradox and the Fermi paradox essentially is the whole question of if there's life out there, why haven't we come in contact with it yet? The answer is we already have. It's just that it's being suppressed from us. And I know that you might say, okay, Dave, we all know this. What's the point? The point is, is that they're trying to make contact with us all the time. But because of their advanced, I guess we could say, understanding of, of evolution, of humanity, of spirituality, they respect the fact that in most cases... They respect our leaders and our world leaders, and they respect the fact that if there is a certain disclosure that is going to be held off, they they honestly will comply. And we're very fortunate in that certain sense. But at the same time, what we have to also realize, too, is that these incoming radio signals, which occur, honestly, I would say, like on an hourly basis, based on my research, come in and seem to fall and pinpoint to the exact same locations 
as the alleged underground military bases. Now, for those watching on YouTube, I'm putting up on the screen right now what I'm talking about. And yes, there are different maps of the deep underground military bases, but here's the thing that I like about when the CIA or who, who, whoever, have, whoever tries to do it tries to come up with some type of excuse or lie or disinformation. One of the main factors that I suggest you guys when doing your own research is you need to look for consistency over a long period of time. And so when we see the same reoccurring maps come out in whether it's books, novels, um, TV shows, comic books, graphic novels, uh, movies, certain subliminal messaging and predictive programming. But then we also just, if we, if you do a quick Google search for deep underground military bases, and then you go to Google images, you're going to see maps that allegedly pinpoint the same precise locations. Now one location might be off by a little bit, but nothing significant enough to justify some type of massive disinformation campaign. And so when we view all this, we have to take a step back and we have to say, why is it coming into the places that are coincidentally aligned with that of the alleged underground military bases? Now, what we know is that many whistleblowers, whether it's Phil Schneider or Gary Webb or uh, people that don't want to be named, have come out and said these underground bases exist. I mean, the fact that, for example, if we look at last year very quickly, the petition to storm Area 51 was addressed by the people running Area 51 tells us that they've essentially admitted the fact that, yes, Air Force training goes on there. That's no secret. But it's right in front of our faces in the sense that those big signs in Las Vegas with the whole alien thing as you get closer to, sorry, excuse me, as you get closer to Area 51, the posters you see, the, the, the shops with the alien merchandise, they know about this. It's right in front of everybody's faces, but that's how you hide it. And so, Another example of this is number stations. And number stations were used back in the day by the CIA to communicate via radio frequencies. Now, I want to cite a very quick article, which is from we, we, waronthe-rocks.com. And it says here, and I quote, Cryptography. The science of encrypting text and data has been around since the time of Caesar. Before the invention of radio, secret messages could be conveyed in coded letters or through list signals. In the 19th century, transmission along electric lines became possible. First with a telegraph, then with a telephone, da da da, end quote. So, what I'm trying to say here is this. When the signals come in, and I don't know what these signals are for, I wish I could tell you guys, I wish I knew, but if I don't know something, I'm not going to say it. When these signals come in, if there is some type of, if there's a point where the radio signals are not directly received and absorbed, by the technology used within the underground military bases, what happens is the number stations redirect those frequencies to the nearest underground military base. Now, you might say, okay, wait a minute, Dave. Number stations are not used anymore. They are. That's the big thing. People are asking all the time. I'm putting up on the screen now on YouTube articles of people, major news uh, media outlets questioning in the last handful of years why number stations are still around. Because, look, the way I see it is this. The CIA used number stations tremendously back in the day. But the thing is, is that when they're done with an operation, whether it's classified or it's become public and it's become declassified, they always destroy the remaining evidence regardless. 
I mean, sometimes they don't destroy it. They archive it into a vault or what have you. But why are the number stations all around the world still remaining where they are? Because they still serve a purpose. Everything falls in line for a very particular reason. These number stations redirect the signals that may not have hit or may not have been absorbed by certain underground military bases, not just within the United States, but around the world as well. So I'm going to put up a quick picture of an alleged U.S. military underground base um, in Australia. With that being said, too, it's also alleged that these number stations are also placed within certain national forests across the United States because within these public national forests, they're hidden within, I guess we could say, whatever they hide them, which wouldn't be that difficult to do by any stretch of the imagination. And they redirect them to the nearest underground base and would probably be the safest and best way to do so. I mean, if you're living in a city or if you're, the radio signals hit a city, it's much easier to pick up than if it hits some, uh, you know, someplace in the middle of nowhere in, in, in Timbuktu or whatever, right? And so that's what the number stations are mainly used for. Now, the next thing I want to jump into is a law that was put in in 1969, 1969. Now, if we take a look at that law, what we're going to find is that it is an extraterrestrial contact law. It says that people could be fined up to X amount of money for coming in contact and boarding the craft of UFOs and or communicating with these beings. Now, why would this law be put into place? That's what I'm curious to see. I want to know why this law would be put into place. Now, if we take a look, this law was instituted by Congress in 1969 and was kind of just slid under the table in in terms of legislation. It was just kind of put in there, and especially at the time with no internet, no mass communication to devices or technology that we could use to, to try to expose it or discuss it, it was probably the best time to do things like that. Now, the reason for this is because this law passed roughly the same time that these underground bases were beginning to expand because the 70s and 80s were a very profound and impactful time for the United States Air Force, the military, and the CIA and all of their black budget programs because the 70s and 80s was when they had finally reverse-engineered or at least had attempted to reverse-engineer the craft. The Griotta Treaty was signed from 1954. They could now understand the establishment of all of the different races that they were aware of and know that which ones were more, I guess we could say, devious, which ones were uh, ready to work with humanity in a certain aspect, and which ones they needed to stay away from entirely. And so they built these bases surrounding that. Now, they also built these bases surrounding the fact that they have to be careful because there are alleged underground civilizations. Now, whether or not there was a, a plan to merge the two in certain instances, it's hard to say because we hear stories of everything from... Um, propulsion technology to hybrid breeding being tested within these bases so and i've done so much coverage on that i don't want to really jump into it this episode with that being said one of the major things that come that comes up most of the time that i'm finding here is that these number stations every time they're discovered whether it's by a local person within a certain vicinity or whether it's by a a media institution they still seem to be functional. Now, by law, they're still not allowed to touch these things because the CIA still owns them, of course. And again, this poses the question, why are they still around? And so 
these are one of many different types of radio signals that come in because again if if you take a look at the episode i did regarding project chime what you'll find is that certain radio signals are able to be converted into that of text messages that certain people's smartphones particularly nowadays when smartphones can read much more of the frequential waves you'll find that it's being blocked out, which is why sometimes people receive random text messages of either gibberish English or symbol, symbols and things they've never understood. And so that is why there is so much at play here. And this is nothing new. And I hope that what I'm trying to expose and explain here is something you guys can relate to and understand. Because when we look at the big picture of everything, we say, okay, the radio signals coming in and it's been documented. It's not like, I mean, all you would need is essentially a, I guess we could say that anyone who half half knows what they're doing, I guess, to detect a certain amount of radio, radio signals incoming into the vicinity they're testing. But the advantage that the government has over individuals like you and I is that, for example, if we knew how to test for incoming radio waves coming from outer space or from above, excuse me. We can only track the radio waves coming in within a certain radius or distance. We don't have the resources to see radio waves come in all across the country on a daily basis. We don't have the resources to see radio waves coming in across the world, really. And so why do you think NASA, the ISS, why do you think these things are always being covered up? They know what's going on. It's right in front of our eyes, but it's within a perception and within a... I don't want to use the word reality, but we could say realm or or form of a view that we are not privy to. We don't have access to because we don't have the resources for it. So, again, this is stuff that NASA, the CIA or what have you would not even give people like Elon Musk and SpaceX. They don't want them knowing anything about this because, again, this kind of ties in with the bigger picture of almost everything I speak about on this show and <clears throat> and everything that you guys discuss in the comments, which is that. The energy and the answer is literally all around us. I know that people used to take that statement sort of metaphorically maybe 10 or 20 years ago. But as the truth is starting to be exposed, what we're seeing here is that the reality all around us is in fact the deception and the free energy is truly right in front of us. Not only could it be composed by us in an unlimited fashion, but it could be harnessed. And so that is why such basic things like the number stations have not been shut down. That is why the NASA ISS live feed still glitches like crazy. That is why these radio signals are mysterious and unexplained. That is why multiple countries have different test, uh, sorry, not test sites, satellite locations strictly aimed at detecting contact from outer, outer space. Now, the last thing I want to talk about before I end this episode has to do with the fact that this was mentioned in the, the documentary Unacknowledged on Netflix, but you can look this up if you check it out. I'll put a picture up on screen right now. The French government a handful of years ago, I believe it was 2007, if I'm not mistaken, the French government attempted to make contact with an alien civilization or another planet, I believe it was a handful of light years away, with a regular laser 
that could stretch that far. It turns out they got a response. They were communicating, I believe it was in Morse code. I could be wrong, but they were communicating in that sense. They did receive a response. They did not understand it, and then they classified it immediately. It has become declassified, but it's kind of slid under the radar in a declassified sense. And it was not allowed to be declassified until that current president of France at the time had stepped down or had lost or had, had his term expired. And so Stephen Greer is, in fact, one of the gentlemen who has this doc, one of these documents to prove that. And he shows that in the unacknowledged film on Netflix. And so what I what I'm trying to say here at this point of the episode is that the signals are there, guys. And I'm not I'm not I don't think that you guys don't believe it. I'm sure you guys do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Right. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the signals are there. They know what they're doing. As long as they can limit what consumer devices we can purchase and what our devices can do, they can continue concealing things in this manner. And so people think, yes, the more advanced things get, the more we're going to find the truth. In a certain sense, yes, but they also have to understand that this is what's called drop seeding. And drop seeding is what I've kind of tried to describe for many, many months now, which is the ability of private industry and the CIA to slowly but surely leak documents, information and certain technologies to major corporations to then have implemented over the coming years into our devices and so that is why they can control that we can because people would say well phones are so advanced now there's no way they can keep it hidden from all of us just because it's so easy to do certain things yeah but they can do certain things our phones because the people who have drop seeded this technology has allowed for that to happen what they'll never do is drop seed technology to the public or to corporations to sell to the public over time that would be a technology that could pick up or interfere with transmissions that they're trying to conceal so it's always a game here it's a back and forth game so let me know what you guys think because it's certainly very interesting how all of this connects and how the number stations reroute a lot of these signals to these underground bases and we'll catch you next time Peace.